Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Oh my flying crumbs, we have got an absolutely lovely episode for you just now with my amazing pal Siobhan McSweeney, you probably know her off either Dairy Girls or from hosting this last beautiful, heart-smashingly lovely and inspiring series of um, the Great Pottery Throwdown. Um, Well, she's so funny and this was one of the easiest and I mean, laugh out loud, funniest conversations I've had for the podcast um, ever, probably. So you're in for a treat, is what I'm saying. I've got a bit of a treat that I can finally announce, hopefully this time with a modicum of confidence. But guys, for the third time, I have attempted to reschedule my hench tour dates. And this time they have been rescheduled into late July and early August please, please go to my website, jessicafosterq.com and look at where they are. I would love so much to see you there if any of them aren't sold out. And I so hope if you had tickets for any of them that have been rescheduled so many times that you can still make those dates because here is hoping that by then we can actually be there and do it. And I can see this show off that I'm so proud of with one last summer of love. Um, I think it's eight dates. Um, If you look at those dates and go, oh, excuse me, I'm sad. You were meant to come to insert place. It's it's not my fault. There's nowhere where I've gone, do you know what, actually, I don't don't think I want to go to that city. That's not happened. Um, It will be because the theatre didn't have any dates um, that weren't, like, in a million years' time when I can't still be doing the same show for my whole life. Um, So, yeah, this is... This is it. This is the last eight tour dates. Please have a look on my website under the My Doings banner and um, and come. God, come. We might even be able to clack elbows on the way out. <gasps> Maybe. Thanks for listening generally. Uh, the biggest favour you could do me ever would be to tell other people about the podcast. That's how it keeps growing. One way of doing that is simply to give it a five-star review and subscribe to it so that it effortlessly pops into your podcast inbox every Friday morning or midnight Thursday if you're a night owl. I imagine many of you are cool enough to be night owls. Um, if you've got the means and the will to support the podcast financially, I'll take it. 
uh, you can become a patron if you want. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and I will swap you for your money. Very cool podcast related stuff, including guest recipes and lots of completely exclusive or sometimes just very, very early content. For example, there is um, a uh, hoovering third birthday episode with incredible guests including Kiri Pritchard-McLean, Rich Wilson, Amanda Wright, brilliant actor. Anyway, that's coming out very, very soon. Uh, If you were like, well, I've got a tenner for you, and then I never want to talk about it again, you can do that by going to ACAST Supporter. Links uh, in the podcast notes to any of that. So let's get into it. Should we just get into it? Um, Siobhan and I haven't seen one another um, at this point since I think the Edinburgh Festival 2019, um, where we did fun things together for the Guilty Feminist, um, who do big shows up there. So it's been a while. It's like old friends. I mean, it is. It's literally old friends catching up. Um, For this, obviously, we hoovered over the zooms as is the modern way. Um, Zero to warn you about in this episode, which is nice, other than potential food envy, of course. Maybe. Uh, We tried something fun um, in the sense that we gave ourselves £1.50 maximum. And um, we were tasked with visiting our closest shop, just the closest in proximity to our home, and seeing what we could get to eat with that money. Um, And I mean, it's safe to say it worked out to be a lot more successful and delicious for one of us than it did for the other. Where to even begin, actually? Well, maybe we'll start with what, we've, what we're eating because it's a surprise to each other. Yeah. I've gone for the most interesting things I've never tried before. I've managed to get two items. Okay. For £1.25, actually. Oh. I'm excited about... I'm ex- I think I'm more excited about one than the other. I've okay. got these Algerian dates. Oh, oh, that um, looks lovely. That's a fine big pack as well. Mm. A nice fine big pack. They've given you a spear, a plastic spear that looks mm-hmm. like a, a bit like it's supposed to look like a twig. I don't know how I feel about it. It, it on the outside it says one. It's got it a list. One fresh Algerian dates. Two luxury and premium quality. Luxury and premium. I have never... I would have been all right with luxury or premium, but luxury and premium? Jesus. Get it in my mouth. I mean, I, I already feel like... I mean, yeah, I don't think you should eat these. You should you should display them. I know. I feel like this is equivalent of just rolling up a couple of 50s. Just rolling up money notes. <laughs> How much were these, down. by the way? They were 60 pence. 60 pence. <laughs> I don't know how much luxury... I could, and three natural dates without sugars... And no preservative. Three no of less. them. One, two, three. Oh right. Maybe it means there's only three of them <laughs> are natural. The other fifteen have been pumped with e numbers, all the types of shit you can pump in a date. <laughs> Gravy. And this, which is a tiny chocolate bar called Rom, R O M. I'm not sure what country it's from. I but haven't it, read the back. It is Authentico. Yeah, it is Authentico. That's what it says. Authentico. GB baton filled with cream, forty-two percent of rum. Yeah, oh my and God, it's you... the daytime, and it's a Monday. <laughs> Listen, between between luxurious and premium, I feel uh, rather rather uh, plebby in my weird contribution. I had a very so. I, I think that's extraordinary, but I can already tell by what you got. Um, that I can I can imagine the kind of corner shop you had, and it's very yeah. different to the Tesco Express that I had around the corner. Fair enough. So, yeah, um, <laughs> where there are no such premium or uh, exclusive. What is a premium? Premium and uh, exclusive dates. What were they called? Premium and e- e- elegant, um, exotic. El- yeah, decadent, graceful. Sexy dates, erotic dates. No, they're called luxury erotic and premium. Oh, I luxury remember erotic pre- dates. <laughs> I'm lying, I don't. <laughs> what I love about COVID is now everybody can sort of go, yeah, my dating life is non-existent. Yeah, you know, I used to be like... <laughs> and, I, I, and I'm like, yeah, it's really hit mine hard too. <laughs> I'm such a 
cranky one. Right. So I um I had listen. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant because I went through everything in my head. It brought up so much thing, so many things. We had one pound fifty, yes. which was one pound. 20 pence less than I had given myself when I was living in Manchester and unemployed and on the dole, a day to live on. <gasps> so wow, I re- so £2.70 yeah. a day so, mm-hmm. to live off. Mm-hmm. When was this? This was after I graduated. Oh my goodness me, okay. And I remember, yeah, and it sort of just brought back all that sort of stuff and it's a very, yeah, so food is a huge, huge topic for me always. And sort of money and food is, an, is a really potent one for me at the moment. So you caught me at the right time. I but want I remember, all of it. <laughs> I went up and down the aisles of this Tesco Express for so long that even though this is a Tesco Express where the addicts run in, fill a rock, I've seen them countless times, fill their rucksack with instant coffee. Oh. And don't run out again. They walk out again and nobody bats an eyelid. I got followed by the security guard because I was picking up things and putting it down frantically because my brain is so dull from COVID, frantically trying to subtract 76 pence from £1.50. Did that mean that I could also... And meanwhile, sort of going, it's not £1.50 you've been given. It's your own £1.50, Siobhan. If you want something else... And I'm like, yeah, but I... I'm gasping. I could really do with some sparkling water. It's like there's water in the town. I'm like, but I'm a grown woman. I can have sparkling water if I want. So I'm having a fucking meltdown. So in the end, in the, and sort of going, well, I want something sweet and savoury, but I don't like either of these things, but they'll have to do. And I'm like, no, no, you can, like, trying to get the most out of this 150, like in this weird poverty battle or something this poverty it's hard I could sweep if it's any consolation I also and hadn't sort of I just hadn't thought about it much I had I thought to force myself because I've got form I've got a borderline supermarket addiction and it doesn't have to be a proper supermarket a corner shop will do but like oh, yeah. I want I like to go and look at food and buy food every day and I I have had oh. times where I have had times where I didn't I had to make a choice about whether I had enough money for food or to go to the pub. It was students' days yeah. and a bit afterwards, actually, as well. Yeah. There were times where you're like... <laughs> Hello, freelancers. Yeah, and a bit like just taking a long time to um, learn not to look too far ahead because everything's hopefully going to be all right, you know. But that, like, in the moment, go, oh, can I, can't I? But, um, yeah, I think it's definitely, like... <laughs> less born out of that and more born out of a nurture thing my dad is the same about supermarkets and his mum who was a little Austrian sparrow would go every morning into Farnborough into supermarkets to look for the bargains and so a daily trip to buy one or two things which is really ironically not the most economical way and certainly not the most Covid safe way to live it's um, it feels like it's in my DNA what I hadn't predicted today was just as you said how dodgy I would look in there (laughs) hovering (laughs) hovering with I I, so so because I knew how spendy I am because it feels especially right now it feels like going to frankly going to fucking Thorpe Park popping in a shop doesn't it it was doing so little outside of the home (gasps) I might make a friend. Um, I um, I took one pound fifty in cash as a as a as a you know as a deal breaker for myself. There was no. I suppose I could have used my phone to tap. Anyway, I didn't. Um, but all the stuff that's around the sort of you know under a quid mark is by the cashier. Mm-hmm. And so there was a queue of people buying things you know that they needed, not things <laughs> like this. No Algerian dates. Uh, and I found myself very much lo- sort of loitering. Yeah. Near them, waiting for them to get out of the way so I could look at all the yeah the the tat the yeah, rumba. The ta- I don't know. I, you, it's, it seems to me you have got some natural sugars there. You've got alcohol. <laughs> you've got some really you've got unnatural a sugars. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've probably got a noticeable emotional shift coming over the course of the podcast, haven't I? <laughs> You'll see. Not see, they will hear, and you will see a a different personality from the beginning to the end of this brief (laughs) conversation. I'll have to make sure I know how to work the volume controls on this because it'll suddenly be like, ah, good Jesus. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) 
say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. You've shown me yours, so I'll show you mine, to zone be fair. So what I got was um, a zebra cat. That's amazing. Oh, will you take me a picture of that? I have never seen one of these before. Um, and I, I don't haven't. know why, because this is the best thing already in the world. It is zebra, dark and white, which is the only combination of chocolate that I believe in. Forget your milk chocolate. Go home, milk. We don't need you. In fact, the only way you will force me to have milk chocolate is if you tell me that milk chocolate is made out of dark chocolate and white chocolate. It is a perfect combination. <laughs> and a Kit Kat for four o'clock in the day is a lovely thing to have with a cup of tea. So I'm going to be... Yes. And it's, it's actually quite nicely packaged, isn't That's it? That's beautiful. It, lo- it is. It feels like they've taken the inspiration of the zebra and gone, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to... I think we can be quite on the nose with this. <laughs> It's, it's, I love, yeah. So you, do you think that there are people from like, um, oh, it's Nestle, boo Nestle, it's but do you, think, do you think that they were, do you think that they are, they're not getting much of my money in fairness? Like, but, uh, no, we know it's less than one pound fifty. <laughs> they're Kit Kat people, like just sort of crouching in the Serengeti. <laughs> trying, trying, trying to look at animals to get inspiration for the next. <laughs> We've done four fingers. We've done two fingers. We've done chunky. Where do we? What do we go next? Serengeti, zebra. (laughs) Yeah. So it's got four. It's got four fingers, which which is traditional. But why mess with a classic? That's what I say. And I I want to open it because it's. Yeah. I think it's going to be quite exciting to look at. I can't wait to see this, and I'd like it photographed, please, for the listener who's not lucky well, enough let me, to be. Let me, let me photograph before I rip off the uh... phone to show this. I mean, I hope we get one or two sponsorship deals out of this. Really. Yeah. Oh, I've pierced a, I've pierced <gasps> a date. Uh oh. I mean, as happens usually with a Kit Kat, usually when I open anything with my vigorous greed, some bit of it has fallen off. But look at the beauty of this. <gasps> oh, she's lovely. She's marbled. It's she a marbled, marbled Kit Kat. It, 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 and I'm happy. I, I thought perhaps they'd go with sharper lines there. And, and then it would just look, it looks like a human has been involved at somewhere along the line in the making of your Kit Kat. Looks, and that makes, brings me joy. It looks like I'm eating. Yeah. listener the book end uh, like you know the inside of a book mm. has has all the marbling on it yeah it's, oh, it's lovely book. oh it's so, lovely and the other thing i bought yeah was noodles <gasps> yes masala flavor yeah maggie maggie, maggie noodles I didn't know Maggie did noodles. No, I only know Maggie from her previous work in pushing chickens into bags for no yeah. discernible reason. Chickens in bags. And making soggy chicken. Yeah, but that looks yummy. Masala flavour noodles. Masala. Because you need to have, I'm, I'm, I'm a sweet, but I'm a salty girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I'm saltier than I am sweet. Um, I probably do need to talk about this date a bit. Yeah, I can um, tell you're enjoying it. I'm not did, having the best time I've ever had. Did the, uh, did the stick add to the enjoyment? The stick actually was one of my, the best thing. Piercing, piercing through the leathery hide <laughs> with the stick. There's something in it there. What's it? Lo- oh, it, it. Yeah, it's a stone. It's a do- state date stone, but it looks like an animal's shit. Yeah, it looks like a fossil. It looks like a, it, what's it called? A pup, it, what's it called when um, a caterpillar's halfway to becoming a... Yeah, a, a pupid or pup, pupae, chrysalid. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I don't want to see it. Put that away and focus just on the edible bit. And still, like... It looks dry. It's, you have to get through this leathery, baggy, weird... I, 
it could be a finger. Like, it feels like what it would probably feel like to eat a finger that no. somebody's coated in honey. No. Of someone no. with a really wrinkly hand, Siobhan. No, I don't think you should be eating. Is that what ladyfingers are? No, that's okra, isn't it? No, ladyfingers, the biscuits. Oh, yes. The Your friend and mine, Deborah Francis-White, likes one of those. Not a euphemism. Well... <laughs> Well, she is a lady. She's one of the ladiest ladies I know. She's one of the ladiest ladies I know. Yeah. Um, I've never eaten okra. Mm. Haven't you? No. Um, I'm, I'm a bit white when it comes to my okra investigations. Right. I just, because somebody once just said to me, they're lovely. It's slimy, but it's lovely. And I went, mm. oh. Yeah. Locked out everything else and just heard the word slime. And slime isn't a huge thing I want with my food. No. There are other, there are other things that I want. They are a, um, they're one of the only things, they used to be lots apparently in, um, in the hemisphere we live in anyway, in terms of like stuff that grew naturally and was foraged that had this effect. And they're probably the only one left plant left that does this that is widely eaten where it does genuinely inside have when it hits your mouth has a mucal quality um but i like it (laughs) but i think they're really nice like fried as part of some like beautifully spiced indian cooking effectively yeah Um, no tell me before Mm. i tuck into my rom Mm, and you get um, too drunk and, and lose the power to listen <laughs> I, I, want to know, I want to know everything I want to know about feelings around e- eating and money because I think if you've at some point not had enough if you've not been able to afford to eat what you want like it has a resounding impact on you We, I think well our generation feel like I, I don't know if you I, I have grandparents who or had grandparents who were fucking like so different to our parents in terms in terms of how they viewed food waste because of yeah. the wars. Yeah. Um, and then you had I've got parents who were have had to be trained to even recycle. Yeah. To even care less. Whereas their parents, when we would stay in an, in a grandparents' house where they were on holidays to sort of house sit, and um, before we'd even got in the car to leave, my nana would have been in the bin taking out tins that still had two beans in or, you know, like using milk that definitely smelt a bit, you know, nothing ever got thrown away. So too far that way. And then, the, but they managed to have a generation of kids that are too, like generation plastic, screw your recycling. And then yeah, you've open got- open the window and throw out the rubbish. My parents yeah. do that. I'd be like, what are you doing? Oh, it's like that episode of Mad Men where they have a picnic. And, you, they, you ever, no. and then they just get up and walk off with everything, yeah. leave everything there and it's like it's a, it's so nothing's ever mentioned about it but you watch it as a like a modern viewer and go oh! but it's sort of what everyone was doing totally totally without a shadow of a doubt I remember my mother who was a, a chain smoker driving smoking one cigarette putting it out opening a packet of cigarettes and without even thinking opening and putting the plastic and it waving out that way and I remember being young enough for the feeling of shame to be relatively new <laughs> but old enough to sort of know that this was shameful yeah and, yeah and yeah. she was not my like my parents and <clears throat> i imagine like your parents like i remember giving out to my dad years ago sort of when he was giving out to me for putting this stuff in the wrong recycling or whatever because recycle other pe- people's bins scare me Dishwashers yeah. scare me and other people's bins scare me because you need a yeah. PhD in fucking bins. Nobody yeah. can, you're like, does this go here? I don't know where things go. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shit on top of the table and go home. All right. <laughs> It'll be easier than You'd if I tried to put They'd have learned to make it. They'd have learned to Universal. do it like plugs. Just yeah. have one type, one or two types. Come on, don't make it no. purple there. Three roads down, they're green and brown. Yeah, you're right. Come and on. like, uh, you, you know, and this plastic goes and this one. Oh, but it's only plastic with a small P. And you're like, what does that mean? I don't understand. I don't understand. But anyway, I remember so he, he roaring at me about putting something, something anywhere, like he needed an excuse. And I was like, shut up, you. I remember being incre- incredibly small and like them fly tipping. Fly tipping. <laughs> Just fly tipping. Fly tipping a fucking fridge in the crossroads in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that area didn't have any refuse collection. And he, and in fairness to him, like, 
I mean, I'm painting them in a very bad light, but he sort of said, do you know, it was different then. We didn't know. We didn't know. And I went, but where yeah. did you think it was going to end up? And he went, we didn't think about that. And I yeah. sort of found myself going every time I have the argument with myself about the recycling. I'm like, I don't know where this goes. I yeah. don't know where this goes. And I can't blame my dad for sort of going, well, sometimes I put a fridge out and it goes away. <laughs> and we never talk about the fridge. And I'm going, well, what am I doing? What am I? I'm not, I'm not really doing anything better than that by just putting the fridge in a nice bag and putting it on the curbside when I'm meant to. I still don't know where it ends yeah. up. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. We don't know where it ends up. I live in um, South East London and it's one of the things I love about it, but that you can, you not a fridge, but like... Or you can put something out and it'll be picked up. A yeah. terrible vase, a knackered yeah. old, anything Ooh. you want rid of. If it's completely broken, the done thing is not to do that or to put a big sign on it saying broken, but I believe fixable. It will still be gone within an hour. Yeah. Presumably... Not just, I don't know, like, I I don't feel that bad about that. Someone who wants it's got it. No, and no, I've, I. I've, <laughs> I've got two nice cups. I've got, yeah. a, like, some cool glasses with, like, blue checks on. I've got a, a an original, probably not, um, Prince, like, Bye. Diana and Charles <laughs> mug. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> an original money that I just picked up. I mean... Just needed yeah. a bit of touching up, but it was fine. <laughs> it needed re-signing. It just needed re-signing by me, but it was fine. Um, yeah. Oh, comical. Um, but yes, sorry, yeah. I digress. Yeah. I think oh, I yeah. think ever having not having enough money to eat what you want can sort of if you if that happens to you even once, it never leaves you. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. suppose with this be my experience of that has been minimal. And so, but I would say I do regularly go, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I can afford to have whatever yeah. I want now. It's up to like, me what I, I have. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's sort of, there's a couple of things. Like I, re- I really found it interesting what you said, just to sort of go back a little bit of what you were mm. saying about your, your grandparents versus your parents and their attitudes towards food. What I have noticed, excuse me, what I noticed particularly about my parents' generation um, who i mean like ma'am uh, they're both dead now but like ma'am if she was alive would have been in, in her 80s you know so probably other people's grandparents sort of age um, because i'm only 21 um and that generation my dad included who was younger but i suppose their prime their, their prime would have been like the 60s and 70s especially the 70s i think and they had an attitude towards food that was so damaging. And I think it was that entire generation because they were the generation of the grapefruit diet. Oh, uh, yeah. They were the generation of um, skinny automatically equals good. So yeah. I remember my grandparents, my grandmother grabbing my cheeks and being delighted, hugging my, my, my lovely arms and, you know, fine big girl. Yeah. And my mother, who was another fine big girl, not not feeling the same way about it. And yeah. that was no lack of love. That was a that was a societal thing. That was what society had told her and my dad. I know my dad, in retrospect, I can look back on things and I go, he was obsessed with food. He had a the pair of them had an unnatural, but especially my dad had a very unnatural relationship with food, I think, because of what he was told. Also, like Ireland, I suppose, you know, my mother was a fantastic cook, you know, like growing up in the 80s, we had curries and, you know, this bag ball, please, that was so passe. We were trying out all these curries and all these really so-called exotic foods for Ireland uh, in the 80s during a recession. She, She knew her stuff. And, and then and also we grew everything. We we, we lived in the countryside, it was all that sort of very everybody had their garden and you and dad was both of them were fantastic gardeners. So but I remember we had a glut of spinach and they ate spinach morning, noon and night to lose weight. The pair of them oh. to lose weight 
for some, I don't know, for the summer or whatever it was, both as to use up all the spinach that they were growing, also to lose weight. And for, like, I must have been very small when that happened. I have a vague recollection of it. But as long as I have any childhood memory of parents doing that, though, is just, they'll have had no idea. But as you say, it's so damaging that, like, well, I mean, it was grand for me. I, they yeah. were forcing food down my neck, but for themselves okay. is what I mean. Like for themselves. Yeah. And as long as I lived, my mother could never look at spinach again. And and, and like you go, well, she ruined a lovely food for herself. Like, I feel <laughs> sorry for that generation. And now yeah. as a result, I have I have my own shit going on with food that has its own separate influences. And of course, my parents yeah. have a bit of influences with that. There's a huge thing with um, with my family. Uh, we don't say I love you. We cook. Food. I, I I think that's that's very 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 common. But uh, I remember once telling my mother, um, "Oh, we'd discovered she'd brought home peanut butter," and we were like, "Oh my gosh, this is lovely." We had peanut butter for lunch in our sandwiches every single solitary day for the entirety of our school careers. And not the entirety, like, and uh, like everything about it was so, like the intention was good. Like it was freshly yeah. baked bread. It was amazing. Beautiful amazing. Soda bread, but it was so fresh. Yeah. It was still warm when it, when it went into oh, the, yeah. Wow. Not wow. Not wow. So you're opening, you're opening a lunchbox where hot fucking bread has gone into it. Oh peanut no. Butter. Okay, okay. You should, no child should open a lunchbox and take the condensation off the lid of it <laughs> and try and scoop up the porridge oh. congealed mess that your sandwiches has disintegrated oh. into. And it wasn't fucking like beautiful sourdough <laughs> she was making. She was making soda bread, which is basically hardened porridge. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go to our neighbor's house and I was eventually sent home because I was asking for too many slices of white bread and red jam, please. Could I have white bread and red jam? White bread and red jam was all I wanted. Because we were getting, of course, we were getting what now is the sort of incredibly bespoke, yummy, mummy sort of experience, you know, the homemade jam, the freshly baked bread every day, you know. Food is a huge thing. It's 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 a brilliant, brilliant topic to have a podcast on because. Uh, well, I think it's. I don't know anybody with a, a completely simple relationship with it, and I think specifically, you know, there's a lot of noise in the world about food. No one goes, yeah, I, you know, I. No, most people are happy to go. I love food, um, but I think eating is different. It's a very different thing, and it's a different thing to go. No, I love eating, and I do it for a lot more than fuel. And I have love and I have hate and I have shame and I have things I've resolved and I have work to do. And I think that's almost everyone. And I think you, to come back to that parents and that generation thing, I think it is, there's a, it was a hard, hard, not that, you know, this diet industry's bullshit, you know, uh, it's not new and there've been versions since time immemorial immemorial don't know the word for a long time for centuries there've been ways of fucking with how you eat that are not great they're not natural not orderly whatever it's not going to make people happy or not sustainable or whatever but there was with the kind of post-world war ii uh sort of way came waves and waves of people realizing there's some serious money to be made yeah out of faddy bullshit. And I mean, ironically, to anyone who... Is, I mean, and, and, and it's just never stopped. And now it's yeah. sometimes government-endorsed, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, God. It's um, it's boggling. And there is, it is worth saying, those poor, especially women, but anyone who were coming into their prime in those decades where suddenly everybody was doing all that stuff. Oh, God. I doing mean, all that stuff, yeah. And, like, I, I, neither my mother or father would have recognised that within themselves. And this is also with hindsight, and I don't know if I'm correct, but it's something that I would would notice in things that they'd say, that it would be uh, such a connection. They wouldn't want... Because, of course, for me, as, 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 as a fat woman, there is that connection with food 
because one equals the other. So my enjoyment has to be, I have to bash through the wall of, um, of, of uh, fat girl eating <laughs> if I want to enjoy my zebra kick-at. Do you know, like yeah, each time? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you have a home, like every other home, who, you know, you know, they remember once you said that you liked a yogurt. So when you come home from that awful London to your rightful place in Cork, they'll fill the fridge with that yogurt. And then they'll despair because... I've eaten the yogurt, but also the yogurt needs to be eaten. And, you know, like there's this, yeah. it's, it's, uh, you know, what you're talking about is the, is just the sort of almost the aesthetic, the, um, the, the sensorial experience of eating. And it's so rare to get that in a neutral state really, is it? Like yeah. I, I still think because food is about control and not even about the control of your own body or whatever. It's about mm-hmm. your own independence. When, yeah. Before I moved out of home, I used to dream of going up and down uh, supermarkets, aisles and choosing my own food to put into yeah. the trolley. It was the, uh, that time of, type of autonomy. Um, mm. And even to this day, even though that... You know, I'm I'm very classy now, and and even though I don't need, I don't eat okra. I can eat loads of different things. The height of feeling like a grown up to me <laughs> is still ordering something about ordering specifically pizza for takeaway, really? specifically pizza takeaway to my flat. Yeah, and it's that you feels know that's like because the of all the, the, the films. Right, of course. It's all the films, isn't it? It's all the films that turn up. They're like, oh, I couldn't. Will we just order in tonight? Will we order? And I'm like, yeah, pizza. It, they, you know, you're carrying a whole yeah. lifetime full of suggestive imagery in that one action, you know? It isn't as if that you're rushing down to, I don't know, the rubber duck or whatever the fancy places are called and asking for <laughs> We've all been to the rubber duck. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, I've been thinking a lot about that recently you know the fact that um, I think as my I, I have a five year old who's um, you know got an increasingly present personality but I um, no I mean that thing has, like, he? <laughs> yeah he's had that yeah he's kind of yeah pretty pretty moody from the off um, but it is that it's a, a funny old age five because you're finding your um, exactly that it's so obvious this desire for agency which I don't yeah. think goes away um, and actually it's pretty mental how long we take to give kids agency over what yeah. they eat because if I mean if you're going to extol the virtues of um eating intuitively which to me is happiness that's and that's it kind of in a way and it's uh, it's a long old journey and it's a work in progress but it, actually it's a relinquishing well it's a complete control that comes hand in hand with a complete relinquishing of control and a yes. kind of an absence of caring all the time a taking away of emotional investment and not to have to ha- have a an internal conversation or feel feelings every time I'm going to eat something high in energy. Do you know what I mean? And that's taken absolutely fucking years of therapy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And just getting older to go through that process and get to the point where you've learned that there is this way to be happy, not all the time. And it doesn't equal happy with your appearance. I have learned. I thought when I sorted my eating, I would be like, and now I, now I will be happy to look at myself. Uh, but you, to get happy with eating is just sort of a letting go of those things and a, like a freedom. And it's so freeing. And it is a bit bonkers how long we take to give kids as a society in Western society to have even the veneer of that agency yeah because uh, because the result is kids who when they are finally old enough to walk to school and back by themselves are gonna go and get the stuff they're not they've not felt like they've been allowed yeah because essentially it's the same psychology as when you're on a restrictive diet it's not sustainable you are gonna break and when you break you're very likely to binge yeah yeah (laughs) 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So the other day we went to get t- takeaway coffees and I was like, do you know what? Like for the uh, for this afternoon, do you want to, I'm going to get something for Steffi. Let's get, the, we can all choose a, a, like a cakey thing each. And he was like, I'd like an egg sandwich, please. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Like that. And he was like, I don't want anything too sugary because uh, I, I had this after putting it at lunch. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like that. Got home, he ate his egg sandwich. And then was like, can I have half of yours? Uh, and managed to go and get half of Steph's. Uh, so he's... Yeah, he played us. He played us hard. Yeah. That's how it's there done. We go. Respect. 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 respect yeah, man. my brother, um, you know, <laughs> I'll never forget the day he came home when he finally was being taught fractions in school. And he came back and he went, Mom, <laughs> <laughs> apparently there isn't a bigger half. <laughs> <laughs> I told him every time my parents were like, go on, share that with your brother. I'm like, well, I'm taking the bigger half. And he'd be like, well, that is maths. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Have you, as an actor, ever had to do any interesting or memorable eating as part of your work? Have you ever had to eat in a play or anything? mm, I I once, um, we once... I did a play called Midden, where the main uh, act, the main climax of the play is set around Sunday dinner. And I, uh, my character made the entire dinner in the time. So we had a, it was an Easter dinner. So we had a roast leg of lamb that would have been par roasted and then finished off on stage. Wow. Yeah, we had, uh, I would peel the carrots, chop the carrots, peel the spuds, you know, put boiling water into them. Like it was in a way deeply theatrical, in another way, not at all. (laughs) But there was, yeah, and then we'd sit down and um, (laughs) during tech, of course, the leg of lamb got to be roasted really like, like cooked properly because tech took long. And it was the longest tech that ever happened because we were, shit, somebody used to say something. I don't know, is it my line? Yeah. Who cares? Who oh, cares? shit, we all yeah, in, yeah, yeah. We were all in digs in, 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 yeah. in Oldham and like sort of, you know, this was, this was the best meat. This is the first bit of meat we had on our fucking regional theatre salaries. Like, going, um, yeah, um, oh, ma, tell me about <laughs> that event. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? It's really good. Gets uh, in. And then for the run, then for the run, like, you know, trying to pretend to be eating soft boiled carrots when they were hard and like it's impossible to cut a carrot. Yeah. They were flying all over the place. And of <sighs> course, uh, the highlight of this, that they, you know, there would be a toast made and I had to open the Asti Spumante. And the, it was in the early days of non-alcoholic theatrical champagne. God knows what they got in it, but it was encrusted with um, sugar. Oh, oh like, God. So it was impossible to open. And God bless Olden, the Olden Coliseum. Uh, 
So I was like, and I went, <clears throat> and eventually one of the other act- actresses went, because it was a, an, an old female play, play went, oh, <laughs> let me have a go there. Uh, I can't remember, Aileen, I think was my, my character's name. She went, <clears throat> couldn't do it. So it went around the whole table. At this point, we're openly corpsing at each other. You know, we've added, <laughs> we've added a good seven minutes onto the play anyway. <laughs> then out in the dark, we hear, oh, for God's sake, give it to me. And we looked over and this fella came down the aisle. <laughs> Big sort of everybody came around the floors going down, oh, you know. But a God. bit like, you know, a bit, but what was wonderful, a bit like, you know, don't send women in to do a, a, a blokes kind of thing. He couldn't do it either. He yes. do it either. Oh, so. thank God. I was going to say, I hope yeah. you've told this story as an I'm a feminist, but no. on the guilty feminist. No, he but because no, either. actually he couldn't do it either. No yeah. one can beat the sugar and yeah. crusted so No one champagne. had champagne. And that's what feminism is. <laughs> Nobody gets to have champagne. <laughs> Oh, amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, there, um, was one scene, there was one scene in, a, in um, the fall that we were eating Chinese takeaway and it was very early in the morning and the Chinese takeaway, we had to spit it out after oh, each really? take. Uh, I did not. It wasn't, it wasn't my highest... It wasn't my I love time. Chinese takeaway the morning after. I'm going to try my rum bar, by the way. Oh, yes, go um, on. Oh, I'll oh my God. Just, su- just immediately on opening it, there is a really strong smell of rum. <laughs> I have to collect my kid from an educational setting after this. I'm going to smell. I'm going to smell. I have booze. It's already a bit smashed. Okay. Like I'll be in a minute. Okay. Um, it tastes it tastes quite Christmassy actually. Oh. There's like um. There's some sort of clo- cloves and cinnamon behaviour oh. mm-hmm. on this. What's in the middle of it? I think it's like a caramelly. Nope. No, I am. Um, it's a bit too like, much like okra. Do you know what? This is horrid. <laughs> <laughs> My one pound fifty has I've done terribly. Oh. I wish I'd had a zebra Kit Kat. The chocolate round the outside is just shit chocolate, like it tastes of sort of holland you know in hot countries the chocolate's shit because you can't have much cocoa butter in it because it would no. melt in the shops. So it tastes of sort of shit holiday chocolate. And the inside tastes I suppose like one of the sort of dusty old out-of-date liqueur chocolate that that the grandparent you're meeting in their nursing home who doesn't who doesn't know who you are anymore oh god has passed you it's that sad <laughs> that is a sad um, culinary experience it's a sad sad story yeah yeah i'm out i think there yeah. but i've tried it and that was a, i'm a big brave girl yeah and oh. Oh, God, that's sad. I I reckon even where I live, if I popped these out on the pavement, they wouldn't go anywhere. (laughs) They'd get thrown back into you. Yeah. (laughs) What the? No, no, no. Yum in my tongue. My dad was a customs officer, customs and excise. So uh, we were, he, he worked the docks on the port of Cork. And uh, when I was very small, he sometimes would have to work on a, 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 a the weekend. So we'd drive into Cork City and this was the 80s. So um, the ships would have come in from the USSR. Wow. And they they would so he'd he'd be hopping on the ships in his full regalia um checking the stock, you know. And the port of Cork uh, historically is a very busy port like ports are, but less so recently. And he he would go on and I'd be like, would you like to come on and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. When I look back, he used to, you know, I'd be small enough that he'd have to sort of pick me up and pass me on to a sailor who would sort of lift me under my arms and put me back down on the thing. 
And I remember it all as being some of the most, even at the time going, that was so lovely. These men who would have been on boats for for such a long period of time, they they would have yeah. been on for a ver- they would have been doing several stuff. They're not getting off like they're not they're yeah. not singing Jack Brel songs in the the port of Amsterdam like they're staying on and yeah. they're going to the and um and they're you know it's not great living frankly and yeah. they're not being paid a lot. And I remember being like I'd be passed around. By, oh, yeah. just to have the, for the human, and for, for the sheer human joy and of cuddling a, a little girl. A, and, and I remember captains, and they would just fall at me. Of course, you went to these, think about their little girls at home, no doubt, or whatever, yeah. you know, and just any, not even if you like, just a lovely, because I would have been naturally only lovely. Um, so, but I remember I'd be coming out. And I'd have uh, bits of chocolate. They'd be giving me chocolate. They'd be giving me chocolate. And I remember being so excited because (laughs) any time you're like, yes, I don't care what it is. And each time going, oh, 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 God. I think think there's sand in it. I think, oh, you know, it'd be that grainy. So I really know the taste of Soviet chocolate, you know? And like dad would, dad was a bit like myself, we're we're dreadful kleptos. So if he saw something like, so we'd have like little badges (laughs) or flag, like little um, pins and everything, you know? But I'll never forget the taste of that chocolate. And I, I mean, I presume it was like when I look back on things that we had in photographs and stuff like that, I'm like, that's that's um, Soviet flags or whatever. But it could have been forever. But it had that very much that very specific taste of, well, let's say not Cadbury's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It wasn't yeah. Cadbury's, but it was grainy. And it, but it would be given like in a crumpled piece of of this weird tissue paper to this little girl on a, on a boat. And I always really God. love that. But like, of course. What an amazing story. But it's nice, isn't it? Because of course, in this day and age, and for all the right reasons, you'd be like, yeah. what? You shouldn't have been. They were passing you. And you're like, no, I remember it as a really, as a really nice thing. Totally. I remember it as a really nice thing. And, yeah, uh, nothing scary about it. Just no, lovely. Really lovely. And I think there's something, so yeah, something something nice about, oh, here's something nice. I must do something nice. Have some chocolate. Oh, some grim, grainy chocolate. But sure, it's all they had. Um, yeah, totally. Especially after it's Dad me... had like wiped them out of whatever was, what else was going on there. A couple of nuclear uh, warheads, etc. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's know what given... it is. Is it sticking? <laughs> <laughs> but I've taken it just in case. <laughs> just, um, and a chair. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have loved the streets of Catford. <laughs> he would have. He would have. Yeah. Should I throw everything out? I found these deets on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> You've given me two memories. Both quite inappropriate. One with my Austrian... Well, not that... I don't know why your story sparked... I do one of them. One was I went on a school trip that involved going to Turkey when I was in my teens and I'd never tried Turkish delight before. And uh, and I remember being uh, queuing along the seafront to buy freshly made Turkish delight in Turkey and being thrilled. It's probably about 12 or 13. I, also, I had already had a series of waitressing jobs in pubs and I'd saved up for this holiday. Wow. The school trip, posh school trip, like the expensive school trip. I think it was about £500. Ooh. And um, my parents had gone, you save up this much and we'll give this much and this oh, nana will give yeah, this yeah. much. And it had been one of those and it was yeah. amazing. But I remember queuing, I remember feeling like watching the sunset so you were, really yeah. like, like I'm going to buy my my, my Turkish. Yeah, yeah my it was money. really oh, empowered and like really like and and the smells and everything and then tasting it and being like, nah, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> it has like it, it's. I'm sure it was objectively beautiful. It was like rose water in it or something, and uh, you know, dusty coating. But remember, like it's too. <laughs> That is too sweet. And having to be like, oh, fuck you very much. Am I disgusting? <laughs> Ugh, disgusting food. Even the thought of it, you're having a slug of water to yeah, get I'm rid of the right. echo taste. <laughs> yeah. 
And and the other one, and I don't know, this is the one that's more tenuous as to why it sparked it as a memory, but I remember being out with my Austrian nana, actually, and being tiny and being farting about playing somewhere and her beckoning me back by shaking a bag of penny sweets like a dog. Like a dog with a treat. Oh, that's how I I learned to walk. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. So there was, there was a, (laughs) apparently in family folklore, um, uh, <laughs> it's already so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's how I learned to walk. That's how I learned okay. to walk. Um, <laughs> I never learned to crawl. Mm-hmm. Bum shuffler. Uh, no, I rolled. Rolled. <laughs> Which I now realise. Uh, I snorted. <laughs> Oh. I was, oh. I was a, I mean, all babies are chubby, aren't they? Well, please God, all babies, if things yeah. are going well, babies are chubby. Fat privilege as a yeah, baby, absolutely. yes, please. So I used to sort of, like, like um, remember in set, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like, I'd sort of like, um, in a, whatever they're called, I'd bounce from thing to thing. And sort of get to eventually where I was going. I'd roll to the leg, one, like I'm stopping, so I'll keep going that way. Like a really early Japanese robot. Just sort of, yeah. or, or, or those robot hoovers. That is, you know, sort of a prototype yeah. robot hoover. Yeah. Um, and my granny, anyway, grandma, grandma Kule was getting a little bit sick and tired. I was the last of my generation of cousins to be walking of my age group. Up that strata. Mm-hmm. So apparently she got up and got out um, a bar of dairy milk and waved. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! She's up. And she never <laughs> rolled again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently that's where I, I, I learned to walk in, in, in grandma's house. I love Because she, she decided enough was enough. Enough the child enough. needs to stop rolling. And funnily enough, in um, the carrots we've been dangling oh, are no. too carroty, too carroty, and we need to get some dairy milk. Get carrots. some dairy milk. Get a get a dairy milk. Yeah. Oh, there's so many lovely memories with food, like talking to dairy milk. Yeah. Gosh, I've, I I didn't realize I was planning on speaking all these things about like uh, psychological connections and being fat and psychology blah blah blah. And I'm like, <laughs> no, there's a really. Have you ever? Um. So, <laughs> again, in the pubs and eighties, um. The dairy milk you'd get in pubs is really thin. It's not a block at all. It's a, it'd be like a kids one. It's um, oh yes, like did they have like safari animals on them? Ironically, oh, did yeah. they have like we have the equivalent here, and it was like very very thin with a with like a with it like embossed uh, animals on it and stuff. Yeah, embossed animals on it and a raised That's edge a like one. a pelmet. Oh okay, yeah. That's not Cadbury's. I'm, I, no, I okay. So I think that was thin... called an animal bar. So it, it was called an animal yeah. bar. No, this yeah, was no, thin, d- and it was thin like a ruler, shaped like a ruler almost. Great, that sort of okay. size. But it'd be perfect for when your man and dad would go to the pub. They'd buy you that. But yeah. my special treat was that I could use the chocolate to scoop the white top of a Guinness off. Like Whoa. That could oh. work. That's nice. Yes. Oh, what a lovely memory. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. And I can really imagine And that, that was working. my treat. That was, that was, dad would be like, mm. you know, have a go of that. And you're like, oh, and you'd be like, is that? And he had such a sweet tooth himself. He'd be trying and say, it's lovely. He then also got <gasps> diabetes, but you know, life is long. Life is long. Oh, how delicious. Yeah, really oh. delicious. God, what a great idea. I really <laughs> give that a word. Do you know, it's my favourite bit of a, of a pint of Guinness is yeah. the creamy yeah. top. I'm not that fussed about the rest, unless it's got something sickly in it, like Tia Maria yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like some, or something added Black to current. like... Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Mm. A cloud full of magic drops a rainfall of devastating shyness across the whole of the world. No one can even stand to look at anyone else, let alone talk to them. And just as we're allowed to meet up a bit again, this is a disaster. The world starts grinding to a terrifying and terrified halt, but the cloud has agreed to put things back to normal, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Siobhan, 
read out loud, which is awful, seeing as you've just been doing lots of voiceover work anyway. You have to read out loud the whole of the book, Me, Elton John, by Elton John, reading it all really nicely and properly, correcting any mistakes, audiobook style, whilst gliding around a frozen Russian lake. <gasps> it's 14 with your feet balancing on the backs of two giant but tempestuous swans. It sounds impossible, but you do it. <laughs> You're a hero. Your reward is a place in the, in the whole universe's hearts as the woman who saved us all from the shyness plague. Um, but your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. Now, bearing in mind, this is the opposite of a last meal because you are the happiest it's possible to be. You're high as a blooming kite because you've, You've just basically become the whole world's hero. You're like you've godlike status. You couldn't be giddier. But because of the old swan gliding, you're starving. So you're the happiest and hungriest it's possible to be. Um, the feast of your dreams can be utterly fantastical. I don't give a shit about any consequences, ethics, health, and fuck all of that. Just if nothing mattered and if anything was possible, what would you eat? What would you drink? And if there's a who, with, and where... You can have a who, with, and where. Oh, really? Oh, my. Oh, well done, me. And well I, done, you. I have no sense of balance. I mean, that swan shit would have been really hard. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah. I, I'm, I'd say I'm starving as well. Um, yeah. That's, so I'm on top of the world, and, and the yeah. world adores me. And, yes. And I am thinking, oh, I'm a bit hungry now. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what would I like to eat? Oh, says the word, you can eat whatever you want. I think, and I know that you said uh, not the last meal, but mm -hmm. I think for the same reasons, being delighted and, and having your last meal, there's a slight overlap. And the reason I, I'll pick these things is because it will bring me great joy on what is already a joyful day. Yes. So it's simple food. But there's something about having fried mackerel, Ooh, fried fresh amazing. mackerel, dusted it, lightly dusted in flour, like really fresh mm. mackerel, brown bread, amazing. soda bread with bandon co-op butter. Amazing. I have thought about this. I love this. But the, is it quite salty, the butter? Yes, it is. Mm. Yes, sir. So it's really salty but it's a very creamy and it's not it's not that it's not spreadable because that's a lie but it, it doesn't get as rock hard for some reason yeah, even though it is yeah. pure butter um soda bread but not not that it's hot and it'll dissolve into porridge but like no. just nice solid soda bread and i'm ashamed to say it would have to be a because one in ten cups of tea if you're lucky gets you get it you get the yeah. right level of the milk and the darkness of the tea and then for it to be all at the right temperature and for it not to go cold because I am, I, I mean, maybe some people who love me, this would make it more of a, a, a triumphant meal rather than a, a death meal, a, a death row meal, a death meal. Um, some, <laughs> some humans who were really um, it, it, like thankful to me could breathe on it to keep it warm. Very nice. So, that yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the meal could take as long as I wanted because the cup of tea yeah. wouldn't the cup of tea wouldn't get cold. Yeah, because I understand. They, there'd be like loads yeah. of people willing to breathe on the tea. Human um, breathe. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe me. like put it under the keep it warm or yeah. I don't know how they keep what, it warm. just under their wing. Under their they wing, they could sit on it like a like a penguin would its baby. That's right. Or they could, they could you know, the swan is probably shattered at this point. Yeah. Just like, scoop out the swan, put it in there. Um, <laughs> I mean, if only we had other ways of keeping things warm, but uh, we won't. We won't. I don't. We won't. Not in this fantasy. I don't see that. It's got to be. It's got to be a living beast that keeps the tea warm, and I love that element of this fantasy. More than any other. And it would have to be and white, I all the rest already. white pepper. Right. Which I think is a superior pepper. Oh, okay. And then some, you know, sea salt. Oh, my God. Fucking delicious. Crispy that skin. Delicious. It really is. It's very simple, but it's oh. really, really delicious. Really oh, delicious. It sounds amazing. It sounds like it tastes of comfort and home, but somehow maybe the summer and the sea. Yes, that's and... right. 
It's the outside in for some reason. You yes, just sort of... the outside in. Mm. Yes. How beautifully put. It's nice. Oh, it's nice. Lush. Yeah. Thanks for doing my silly podcast. I love your silly podcast and I was very thrilled to be asked to come on. Mmm, delicious. Oh, what a lovely episode. I loved having that conversation and I loved listening back to it too. Um, I mean, if any reason you're not already following Siobhan on Twitter and Instagram, get on with it. Um, it's at C-I-O-B-H-N-I on both those things. Or, of course, there's a link in the podcast notes, uh, including links, as ever, to everything of interest that we mentioned. Um, I get my fruit and veg from Oddbox. I'm not being sponsored by them. I just love them. And they do wonky stuff that um, uh, supermarkets have rejected, often just for being too big. At the moment, it's mainly because stuff's surplus, because restaurants are closed, so there's some really snazzy stuff in it. Anyway, um, I think they're amazing and doing so many good things for the old planet. Um uh, only for in and around London at the moment. Anyway, if you're interested, you can get a tenner off your first box um, using a link that's in the podcast notes, or I've also put it in the bio of the um, podcast Twitter, um, which you please may you follow at the Hoovering Pod. Also, why don't you follow us on Instagram at the Hoovering Pod? Um, feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews. Five stars are the best. Um, recommendations to um, human faces outside still please if you're in the uk and um on on the social medias tweeting nice things and stuff it's lovely of you when you do that or you can support the podcast with actual cash money either on acast supporter or on patreon again links in the podcast notes follow me if you like at jessica fosterq um and if you want to send me anything longer than a tweet like email me you can do that through my website jessicafosterq.com where my last ditch attempt at rescheduled tour dates are also finally listed so if there's any that have got tickets that are anywhere near where you live um, oh crack on please and snap them up we're going to have one last summer hurrah for my show Hench before I move on to working up my new one um, huge thanks um, to Acast for hosting the podcast Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway until next week happy hoovering a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.